1: This fall, energy prices were predicted to be higher this winter than in years past. But those higher natural gas rates can still come as a surprise when you're looking at that energy bill. I'm talking with two Public Service Commission representatives today. Martin Day leads energy regulation at the Public Service Commission. He tells us why prices are so high.
2: You know, one of the big factors that we're predominantly talking about is energy usage for heating homes and businesses, we do not regulate propane. We only regulate natural gas in the state and the natural gas that's provided by the utilities throughout the state. There has been an increase in price for natural gas. So for you know most customers that are seeing increases in their bills, what they're probably noticing is the impact of the recent increase in the commodity cost of natural gas. There's a number of different Pieces on a customer's bill uh, on their on their gas bill. Um, you know, there's customer charge, there's the distribution charge, but the biggest piece of their bill, and clearly during the winter, the biggest piece of their bill is that commodity cost that they're paying to the utilities for that natural gas. Now, the commodity price of natural gas is not something that the commission regulates. So, you know, that's uh, the commodity cost is in effect the the molecules of gas that the utility has to go out and purchase and then, um, you know, then pass on to the customer. And I think that's the other important point is that cost of natural gas, that commodity cost of natural gas is just a pass-through. So whatever cost the utility has in procuring that gas, those are the costs that are passed on to consumers. So there's no additional markup for that commodity cost. But as with any commodity, you know, the commodity cost or the natural gas costs are a commodity on the market. And so the local, the national, the international economic factors and supply and demand factors that go into any commodity affect natural gas. And and that's part of what you see have seen is that there's been this big increase in the commodity cost of natural gas over the last six months, especially.
1: And people want to know why. You know, when we look at corn and beans, there's usually a reason why the market is fluctuating. Well, what's that reason with natural gas?
2: And there's a number of factors going on there, you know, some of which people are very, very familiar with. Um, Back when, you know, COVID and, and the pandemic hit, Um, the cost of natural gas dropped significantly, um, and that was a result of decreased economic activity. Um, A big part of the cost of natural gas has to do with, you know, um, the economic activity going, again, going on nationwide and even um, internationally now. And so... Like with most other economic, you know, most other commodities, the economics or the economic activity has a big part in what causes the prices to change. So you had a big drop when the the economy uh, was hit by the pandemic. Um, Coming out of the pandemic, you know, you had a, a really large, quick increase in economic activity. But the uh, supply of natural gas throughout the throughout uh, North America, the supply didn't keep up with that pace. Um, natural gas is something that you know it requires a lot of infrastructure and a long lead time to uh, boost up production. And you saw, as you saw with many other uh, pieces in the economy, you had inflationary pressures where demand for natural gas was increasing much, much faster. Um, then supply could keep up. You know, the producers of natural gas did everything they could to bring up supply, but, you know, it takes time to bring those, those resources online, and it just couldn't keep up, which resulted in um, a large increase in the cost. The other thing was this weather. the weather patterns this past summer. Um, natural gas is used pretty extensively for electric uh, power generation, and um, it was an extremely hot Summer, and so you had a lot of uh, electric generation plants burning large amounts of natural gas, uh, and so that also uh, increased demand for natural gas, subsequently increasing prices.
1: Now, Martin, when you talk about the economy coming back to normal, well, some people would argue that it's not back to normal, right? We're still de- yep. dealing with this variant, and some folks are still, yep. you know, nervous about going out, businesses still aren't open to full capacity. So, does that mean? that as the economy continues to get back to normal, natural gas prices will only go up?
2: I can say the big price increases that we saw in the summer and the fall um, of this past year, uh, we have not seen uh, actually the prices um, in the futures looking out ahead. um, The prices for future gas contracts have actually gone down. You know, you're right that as the economy continues to grow, there's going to be those pressures on natural gas supply. Um, you know, one, the producers have have been doing everything they can to to up um, production. But what we're seeing in the futures price is even with increased economic activity, we're not seeing that the future prices are going up. In fact, um, we've seen some leveling off and some decreases from the prices that we were seeing this past fall.
1: And that's, of course, welcome news. But Martin, what's going on on the national front in terms of securing affordable energy, securing enough supply here in the U.S.?
2: Yeah, so the, the production of natural gas has grown significantly uh, in the last 10 years. There's a lot of uh, information out there about new exploration techniques and new sources of supply throughout the U.S. And in fact, the U.S. is, I believe, the leading producer now of natural gas, um, and part of that success has been that we are now exporting. So you have liquefied natural gas, where we're actually exporting some of that supply um, uh, throughout the world. So we've actually become a net exporter to Europe and many other parts of the of the world. So I think it, it's very positive. Um, you know, the technology and the uh, economics of natural gas production in the U.S. is still very Um, very, very strong and will continue. So I think we're in a good position going out uh, to continue to be uh, one of the world leaders in production.
1: One of the focuses of the Public Service Commission is to ensure affordable energy for Wisconsinites. What are you guys doing then on that front?
2: We don't regulate the actual commodity cost of gas, although we do work with the utilities and make sure in their filings, uh, we require them to file annual gas supply plans. And in those, we look at, you know, reliability and affordability, and we make sure that they're able to meet their demand, you know, their projected demand to meet all of their customers' needs, especially in the, the coldest part of the year. But we also look at price. And how they can manage that price. And the utilities do quite a bit to try to keep the price spikes, to try to really uh, level off those costs that consumers are, are paying. So some of the things they do, they will actually enter into, well, one of the things they'll do is they'll actually buy gas in the summer when prices are lower. And they'll inject that gas into storage so that in the winter, if prices are to go up or if prices were higher during those high-demand periods, they're able to pull out the lower-cost gas during the winter. So they use storage as a price hedge. They also use a lot of financial instruments as price hedges. So they'll enter into contracts where they'll agree to a purchase price, and they'll use that as a hedge to make sure that customers aren't going to see that volatile cost for that gas. So, the utilities are doing a lot. The Public Service Commission works with them and make sure that we um, regulate that part of their business. You know, again, the the key really is reliability and make sure that the customers have the gas that they need, but we also look at how they're hedging those that price uncertainty, too. So, I'll kick it over to Christy to talk more about the programs, other programs that, that the Commission works on.
1: Christy Nieto leads Consumer Affairs at the Public Service Commission. She says if those energy bills are tightening up your budget at home, on the farm, or at your business, there are options out there for you. In general, for a residential customer, I would look into incentives
0: through the Focus on Energy program um, or even other energy efficiency programs offered by a utility. Um, MG&E is your um, example of your utility, um, of course, participates in Focus on Energy And so that way, as you're looking to, say, weatherize your home to protect against some of these really cold temperatures we're getting, you know, insulation, air sealing, um, HVAC repairs, fixing door and window leaks, customers working through Focus on Energy could receive incentives or rebates to do that work on their homes um, as opposed to, to paying the full price. I would look at budget billing with your utility. So every utility has to offer budget billing on energy bills. The name is a little bit misleading um, because what budget billing really does is it takes how much you owe for your mg e bill, say, uh, for a year, and just divides that up by 12 and bills you that average bill amount every month and then they true it up every six months and then every year. For instance, I'm on budget billing, and I really like it because I'm not paying really low bills in the spring and in the fall, and then kind of hit with those swings to high bills in the winter and the summer when I'm heating and cooling. Um, I have you know, an average bill amount that I can expect every month, and um, as some of those natural gas and other types of impacts might change my bill and increase it, I see that increase kind of spread out over 12 months and and it's a gradual impact, both increases and decreases. And I would say if customers have outstanding balances that are becoming difficult to pay, ask your utility about payment arrangements. Utilities are required to offer payment arrangements to residential customers and most of the utilities out there offer those to commercial customers and uh, farm customers as well. And especially, you know, particularly if there's a residential account, um, again, those are required and those help essentially spread out an outstanding balance over a long period of time so that it's more manageable to pay. And if for some reason a customer um, can't reach a payment agreement with the utility, then they can always call the, the public service commission and ask for help, too. And, you know, finally, I would say there are residential customers who also are income qualifying for a lot of programs that are out there right now. Customers who are at 60% of the state median income likely qualify for a number of energy assistance programs. So those help with energy bills, furnace emergencies, so an emergency repair or replacement, and even uh, no-cost weatherization in the home. So to connect with those income-qualifying programs, customers should call the Wisconsin Home Energy Assistance Program. There's a, a statewide customer care center, and it's just this one 1-800 number you call. And that 1-800 number actually connects customers with a number of programs. So it's, it's the energy programs I just mentioned, but there's also now water bill assistance, rental assistance, um, and even assistance with internet bills. So I'll give you that number as well. It is 1-800-506-5596. And that's that statewide assistance number.
1: Yeah, it sounds like there's lots of programs and money out there for people to take advantage of. It certainly pays to look into those. That's exactly
0: right. And I know I named a number of resources. You know, If folks out there are looking for digging into any one of these resources, they can always contact us at the commission. We're happy to help, but you're right. There are just so many programs out there, um, again, for both customers who qualify with a lower home income um, and for uh, residential and commercial customers in general.
1: Christy, do you have anything specific to share with the agriculture community? Um, I would, again, go back to, um, for
0: agricultural customers, the Focus on Energy programs So, Focus on Energy has uh, quite a few um, really good incentives for agriculture for agricultural equipment and facilities um, to make all of those more efficient, whether it's lighting all the way to grain dryers. There's just a host of good opportunities within Focus on Energy for the agricultural community.
1: Christine Nieto and Martin Day joining us from the Public Service Commission. You can visit psc.wi.gov to learn more about Focus on Energy. You can also check out our programming. We have a Focus on Energy podcast series on our website, midwestfarmreport.com. I'm Stephanie Hoff.